What are your concerns for your children growing up in this fast-paced environment? It is much scarier right now because like you don't know when you're a kid you don't know the world is scary no you know it's not until you become an adult where it's like oh gosh this is kind of like out of out of our scope of comfort welcome to the millionaire Ment mentorship podcast where we talk all things real estate business entrepreneurship today i've got a very special guest in fact if you go way back, one of the first people on my quasi-podcast before I really had anything going was Ryan Haywood. I met Ryan when I was surfing Instagram for deals, and I've watched, like, he was just beginning his wholesale journey, and since then, man, a lot has changed, man. <laughs> welcome welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, it is one of those things that has happened, and a lot of time has passed, like... Yeah, man. Looking at it, in fact, just seeing some of the, the Facebook memories popping up in the last few weeks even, because it has been like our four-year anniversary doing all the stuff that we've been doing. Yeah. And looking back, and I'm just like, I cannot believe how quickly yeah. that time has passed and how much has changed. Right. But Let's talk about exciting. that. Like, so so first of all, when I met you, and, and I was thinking about this last night, um, how how either brain dead you were and i wasn't thinking this way or how gutsy you were because when you quit your job you had a baby on the way i didn't even ask you how much money you have saved up or any of this stuff but like just your conviction to do that and your belief in yourself i think is one of the biggest things i always tell people belief in yourself is the most important but like talk to us about like where you're at right now but where you started four years ago yeah for in context like i was in a a job that i was proud of being in like i enjoyed my job i was a sales and marketing manager over an internet company and i had a lot of fun yeah and i've always been um a thrill of the sale kind of guy. I always love yeah, the process that. of sales. It's you fun. snarled a little bit when you said that. Well, it, yeah, it's <laughs> it's just something that I, it excites me. I yeah. I came from my first career was at Foot Locker selling shoes. Yeah, and dude, there is no greater environment than sales environment. I loved it. I've loved it from time at Foot Locker all the way through. So I enjoyed that job, and I'd never really seen myself outside the world of any kind of sales. I just assumed, hey, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm gonna do for my career sales, selling anything. I can sell whatever you want me to sell, I'll do it. But like you, when you're working for someone else in sales jobs, I mean, those are usually pretty high turnover positions. Like that's not something that is typically a sales guy is gonna be there for 40 years. Yeah, you know, and I started to feel those, those pressing changes and how long were you there? Seven years at United so, Fiber. Yep, spent seven years there, and I was the first hire that they had, and like scaled that business from zero customers to well over ten thousand customers. You did? Yeah. Wow. And so, I to me, I thought of that. This is my career. This is my career job. Like yeah. I'm gonna retire from here. Yeah and had two kids already with a third on the way. And then just things started happening and it was, it was a quick realization of, I don't think I'm gonna make it here. 
And we were also in that, like, we're going to have a baby, so I have to, like, man up and just stick it out. Yeah. But you you know I, I it was like increasingly getting worse every day sticking it out was it was a chore to stick out every single day yeah and it about that i don't know it was october somewhere around october and megan had found some information on max maxwell's wholesaling stuff and i didn't pay any attention to it i had already had interest in real estate yeah we already had five uh units or you five doors but it was like when we say passive income uh that what i was doing with those doors was absolutely passive like i didn't know who was living in them (laughs) i didn't know how much rent i was getting out of them yeah like it was like this well i'm gonna invest in real estate passive management too passive management like the whole thing was completely i didn't do anything with it so yeah but i had interest in real estate and i was like maybe that'd be something I can do on the side. Well, we start, you know, feeling the pressures and then you start digging a little bit deeper. Where'd the, to sidebar real quick, where did yeah. that interest in real estate come from? Um, I've told this a few times. My dad had a few times mentioned, oh, it'd be cool to have a duplex because you can live in one side and have somebody pay the 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 bills now i've reminded my dad like hey you're the one that mentioned these things to me he's like i didn't have anything to do with that and i'm like you did you just didn't remember you don't remember it but yeah, yeah just yeah. like my dad had mentioned a few times of like how cool it would be to have a duplex and yeah. somebody else you live in one side and somebody else pays for the bills so we bought two duplexes we didn't live in either of them yeah uh but like with those three properties like we had enough money in rent from those three properties and five units that it was able to pay for our mortgage okay um and a little bit of background too before we even got to the point where i could say out loud i'm gonna leave my corporate job like there was some financial things that you we had to do some house cleaning before we could get to the point where i was like i i feel comfortable doing that we went through the dave ramsey program is this the dave ramsey moment yep we went through the dave ramsey program we got all of our debt paid off and um like put ourselves in a good financial position that when the moment came where it was like i don't want to work for this company anymore and megan was like well what are you going to do and i'm like i have no idea but i'm not going to work for anyone ever again like it made saying that less stressful yeah like being able to say okay we've got at least like i could i knew i could go and do anything and and make money like i could go and work on houses i already knew how to do some of that stuff i could go and sell something i could get a sales job yeah you just knew you were working for united fiber but i knew that i was just done there yeah and when we came to that conclusion about that same time megan found this wholesaling stuff and i've told the story so many times but it's so fresh in the memory like it happened yesterday but yeah i can remember her being like oh you should do this challenge and i'm just like i'm not interested in that i don't know what wholesaling is but yeah. it's not something it doesn't sound interesting and then like she would she was persistent because she knew that ryan would be great at this right and so part of that was like you had to sign up on facebook and i was like adamant about i'm not going to do it and she's like i'll set the facebook up (laughs) i'll do it you just do the program i'm like okay fair so that was uh yeah october of 2019 
when we did the 30 day wholesaling challenge and it took 14 days to get our first deal Amazing. locked up and, and done. And uh, I remember clearly going to the title company to pick up a check and like I made 8,500 and that was JV. Like we did a joint venture with another wholesaler right. that helped us find a buyer. And I still, I was like looking at it and I made $8,500. Now, things that I've not told people, like the whole time I was in that sales job, my goal was like, I just want to make an $8,000 check after taxes. I worked so hard at like, I would try to smash my sales goals to get $8,000. Yeah. It, in two weeks of wholesaling. Something you knew nothing about. N knew nothing about. I'm like holding an $8,500 check in my hand. And like, that was the proof of concept yeah. moment. That was the, I okay, that was relatively simple. Yeah. I think I could go and replicate this a bunch. And like the year one, we did like uh, 73 transactions. Which is absolutely freaking crazy but i didn't know that like yeah. i didn't know yeah to me and there, there was so much that i didn't know that i wished i would have learned sooner like you know it wasn't until like year two and year three where i realized oh i could be making bigger spreads on these deals like right. early on i would take any, anything like yeah. Yeah, 2000 yeah i'll take that Three, i remember i remember five, those days i was yeah. like i'll buy 17 houses <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i and i knew that you were smart enough to get wise you were you were just being this just like, in time yeah. yeah i was like he's gonna figure this out you were like after it i'm like he's gonna and then yeah. you're like hey what about collective genius and i was like oh he's definitely gonna figure it out yeah that was like it, that was the next pivotal moment was um we had been using deal machine as our main means of all marketing like right. we used deal machine for everything driving for dollars postcards skip tracing everything that you could use at the time i was 100 percent using that yeah mainly for the like ease of use like i had everything that i needed a crm i had everything right there in deal machine i just used that yeah you know? it's a great tool it's and a fantastic tool like they had introduced me to collective genius but like when i when i found out like i had the meeting with with cg and they're like oh you know it's fifteen thousand dollars a year which still like even though i'm making good money in wholesale fifteen thousand is like and that's a commitment to something yeah you, you don't know? want to risk your money no and so i was like the first thing that came to mind is like, i'm gonna call troy run this past him and it took you like two seconds Hey, what about Collective Genius? Do it. I'm like, okay, let's yeah. see. Let's. Well, I was trying to get in myself at that point in time. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, if you're, if you're already in and they're allowing you to get in, get in because it's just a matter of time before you probably won't be able to. Something too, like Megan was super supportive of that. Like I, even after talking to you, I still struggled with that mentality of spending that much money in it. Yeah, it's and tough. And she made the point. She's like, look, you, it's 15,000, that's two deals. Yeah. And you got the whole thing covered. But once you got in, once I got in there and my eyes started getting opened to, okay, first off, 73 deals is a ton of deals. Like right. I did not know the, the gratitude or the magnitude of that yeah. until I got into a room full of people that are like, yeah, we did 10. Right. And it's like, what? How did, like, yeah. what? 
Yeah. So then, like, then, then you start learning a lot more about, okay, you can, you need to have these kinds of people working for you. You need to have these resources available. You need to, they'll analyze, like, okay, tell us what your, what your average fee is. And I can remember saying, you know, well, I'm pulling about 5000 and everybody's like, that is way too low. Like, you need to be digging deeper in the deal or raising your fees because right. what you're bringing to the table is about you're finding tons of properties for right. investors right. that is a valuable but even then i didn't know how valuable that was right so it wasn't until like i started buying properties where i was like then i realized how significant finding discounted properties that are not listed on the market that it's are the hardest market. thing to do man like yeah then then that transition then we start like okay we're gonna start buying some of our own right and i may have went a little hog wild but it was like i'm buying like three or four deals a month don't matter and it, it the only thing that i would say like somebody asked me the other day would would you do anything differently and i'm like yeah maybe i wouldn't have bought as many but if i wouldn't have i wouldn't be where i'm at right now so it was like so how many homes have you thing? bought to this day so you started with five units total five units total and that was three four properties. years ago now we have 50 units total don't know the breakdown of what i have got some fourplexes some triplexes i bought some trailer park uh i've, I've got a variety i don't know the breakdown of what but i've got 50 units awesome. which is it's a game changer in the realization of like okay I'm making enough in rental income that if I have a bad month in wholesaling, I'm okay. Like yeah. we're taken care of. Um, you have the you have the financial freedom. Yeah, number. yeah, and that has enabled us to do a lot. Like we've been able to scale our business to not just wholesaling deals. Like we have created a uh, operation for that's really kind of geared towards like a new investor. Right. That, like hey you need help getting into it well we've got all the things that you need we've right. got access to properties we've got all the the knowledge that you can have like i've learned over the course of four years but i also have connections with tons of people that can help right uh, but then like one of the big hurdles that we ran into year two going out of year two into year three was like we were wholesaling a lot of deals but then we noticed a lot of deals weren't getting fixed and it was just like there was still, I wanted to see in a small enough town that I live in, I wanted to see like, wow, things are improving quickly yeah. because of what we are doing. Yeah. And when, when we were doing, uh, we did 115 transactions in year two, but maybe only a quarter of them were getting fixed and the yeah. rest of them were sitting and it was like, people didn't have crews. Right. And so that was the next like, all right, how do we fix this? Right. And the simple answer was, be, be the solution to the problem. Right. Yeah. So we had to start contract being a contractor and, and opening, adding that piece of the business. Well, now we've got seven crews and running multiple jobs every month yeah. and cr created a system of buy it, fix it, repeat. Like an investor can come in and there's several investors that are new to investing that in one year we've like helped them grow to 10. You right. know, in one year, that's significant. Done for you. Done. Like yeah. that's you. You purchase it. You hire us to do the renovations. All you're responsible for is making sure that we have the money when we need it. Yeah. And then 
Once it's done, we pass you to the property manager, they get it rented, you're ready to do the refinance, and then just recycle and keep growing. And uh, that has been huge in our growth. Like we don't do 115 deals, but you don't need to. we don't need to now. Yeah. We've got multiple sources of income coming in through construction, through wholesale, through our own portfolio. So that's, that's where we are now. Like it's, it is a crazy different. Yeah, and it's been so cool to like watch the growth of you because you know a lot of people could walk into 73 deals, feel completely content and continue to go and not grow and think that they're at the top of their game, but you know, you invested in you know, the one thing about you is you're you're early adopter on things and I think that you ask questions to people before you make decisions to make sure that like hey, yeah, I've invested this, but let me talk to some reliable people that I trust so that I can bounce my idea off. So I'm making sure that I'm checking those boxes and that has allowed you to grow. And one of the other things is like, you've demonstrated your ability. Like I know in Collective Genius, you've run one, like all the belts, right? Like, yeah, I did like the, they have a, a hot seat challenge where you, it's different now than what it was when I first started, but like if you give the best presentation, you get a belt and like, I didn't know how hard it was to win a belt because yeah. the very first time I go and do a presentation, I got the belt and I was like, oh, that was a breeze. And then I went back <laughs> and I, I, you know this about me, like the competitive yes. side of Ryan comes out and it's like, look out. And he doesn't look like he's like <laughs> secretly plotting how to beat you, but right, yeah, he is. I am. <laughs> I'm working it. Uh, in my mind, I might be smiling at you, but I'm also like single-handedly hoping you hook your ball into the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will chuckle uh, after you hook the ball in the water. Um, but like, so I go back to the second meeting and I do another presentation. I get the belt again, and I'm like. I still don't realize how hard it is to to give something that's valuable enough to be awarded that belt. Yeah. But like I haven't won it since and I've done a number of presentations, but the the amount of knowledge that comes from other investors is unbelievable. Like yeah. it's super hard. But yeah, it was like it was a it was a good pat on the back. Yeah. And it was a good like it felt like a good reward for putting in all the blood, sweat, and tears into the growth of the business. Well, I think the other thing that was really cool to see happen for you was when you teamed up with Deal Machine and the founder of David Lucko. You guys had fortified a friendship, a business relationship, and you guys are like crushing it on in the podcast world as well. What's the, the name of your podcast is it's deal machine, real estate investing podcast, right? And find it on all the platforms yeah. and you guys interview people who are successful using deal machine. Yeah. We cater our, our podcast is really geared for someone who's, who is looking to get their first deal. Like, right. We want, we want somebody that's like, I want to do this we interview people that have closed their first deal. We talk about that. We get into depth into what their experience is, how much they made on their first deal in hopes that we can encourage people that are trying to get there, uh, to get what they need to be able to grow as well. Their um, proof of concept. Yep. They need that proof of concept yeah. moment. And 
that was another thing that like looking back like i remember thinking i don't know when i will ever be to a position where i can help other people yeah but i remember like and the way that you were with me so giving of like the information and the knowledge and the help i'm like i don't i don't understand how i'll when will i know when i'm there like when will i know that what I'm doing is valuable enough to help other people. And still to this day, I still feel like I'm not like, I don't, be, I don't need to be telling somebody how to do it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I looked this four years ago and <laughs> look at where I'm at now. And I do think that there's ways to help people grow. So, yeah, I think that anytime somebody's trying to educate other people, they take a look at themselves, myself personally. And you're like, what I, what do I do? Rather than what I do know, what do I, what don't I know? Yeah. And that's what we tend to, focus on we're like well like for example i'm teaching all these people through my millionaire mentorship program and you know there's certain things in real estate that i just never did you know and so you know when we started wholesaling and and it was in 2013 and i did it through 2016 and then we didn't do it again you know and so i'm like you guys we'll build this program out for you but understand that like wholesaling has not been my bread and butter and right. you know we're going to get bring the right experts on to make sure that you know you understand it now as we've done that we've gotten better at the novations and the other things that you need to do and getting our contracts better and, and i think that being a uh, a better uh, being a good coach you become a better student yeah because you want to make sure that the people that you're telling like you know what you're saying you know what you're not just giving them a bunch of bull crap and you're like oh yeah just do this and i think a lot of people are okay with that they're like actually yeah. okay like lying to people but okay with it and there's a lot of people that are willing to pay for it yeah it's like the like and it's hard how do you vet like how do you vet somebody you don't like you don't know i didn't know you but yeah. it was just like after a couple conversations you're like wow this guy really knows what he's talking about and this yeah. has been really helpful yeah. and also wondering like why is he telling me this what's the, yeah there's yeah. always like what's this guy's motive right, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. for me it, you know you know i have always tried to help people out in real estate and the reason you want to keep helping somebody out is when they employ what you tell them to do yeah and you were like anytime i told you to do something you're like done yeah and and so and I think that one, another thing that is great about Ryan is that you are so quick to observe people's personality, like who's against you and we could go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, I think that's a skill set, your ability to size up people. And that goes into sales, like your ability to find out who's going to say yes, who's going to say no. Yeah. And Ryan and I actually went on a lot of these appointments together early on and he would bring me in as the buyer because he felt comfortable enough with me not going and ruining the deal. You're not going to bring in too many buyers into a, no. into a deal. And I don't know if you would do that at this stage in the game, you know what I mean? But at that point in time, you felt comfortable with it. But I mean, obviously with me, I think you would, but like other people, it's still one of those things that like, it's kind of a little bit of a, a risky thing, but I watched you negotiate some of these deals for $1,300 and for like a thousand dollars. And I was like, Oh, this guy's smooth. He knows what he's doing. It's just yeah. a sale. And for people who are, you know, trying to get started in real estate investing, I want to bring this point home. He started with no asp. No, he, sure. You had proof of concept, but there was a one and done. Yeah, so it could have been a one and done. And sure, you made 8,500 bucks, but you also had a baby on the way. You have a lot of things people are counting on you, mm-hmm. right? You got 
three people, three babies that are counting on you, and four people your spouse is counting on you. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure. Money is the number one reason for divorce. It's the number one reason for like heart attacks, financial stress, all these other things. And so for you to be able to take that on and turn this into a massive business, and we can kind of go into the like, you know, some of the great things being able to hire your family, and then some of the great things about being able to saying, yeah, let's put somebody else in there to manage my family because sometimes it's just too difficult. Can you talk about some of those things? Yeah, um, you know, I've been in the, the business management side of things for a long time. Yeah. And finding qualified people, finding people that have skill sets that like you want, you trust yourself the most, period. Yeah. Like, and I, it's not an egotistical thing for me to say that I do feel like the business is in its safest hands when I'm the one that's doing it. But that's, that only leads to one thing. That leads to you leave a nine to five and essentially create a new nine to five. Right. And then you become a slave to your own business. And that was not like the desire for for me personally yeah. i know that coming out of the sales world i didn't see my kids yeah. i didn't see my wife you know i didn't even like coming home it was like i'd come home it was dark i'd get up it's dark i'm gone all day long barely barely have time to have like a phone call with my wife yeah. you know much less the kids grow up so fast that you're just like how I mean, my youngest is now 10 and I'm like, where did 10 years go? Like, and what happened in the, and I didn't want that. So then that became the next thing is like, okay, how do we make this to where this can function and work yeah. without me being in it all the time? And it was like, okay, we got to find people. And I felt like the people I trust the most for my family and I, there's nothing wrong with that. There, uh, it's a it's a great asset for watching your kids, right? For you know, but sometimes family doesn't work well together. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, and would I do it differently? In hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. Yeah, I'd change yeah. the way I did it because immediately, like, and I didn't know this. I would like ask questions at Collective Genius. I'm like, hey. What are some ideas on managing family? And everybody's like, the best idea is don't manage family. And I'm like, uh -oh. all right, besides that, what else <laughs> right, you got? What else? And like, I didn't understand that. I'm like, I don't know why, like my family is who I trust the most with my own business. But then there was just certain things that like, it's hard to grow because like, I have to make business decisions, but I'm, I'm, I can't make those decisions because it's my family. Yeah. Like if I need to grow and make this change here or this change here, that affects them. And I don't want that to affect them. Yeah. And so it, to me, it's like, you know, there are certain positions within the business that family can make sense in. Um, but then there's also, I think that if it's a sales environment, it's probably just not good to have family because it's really hard <clears throat> to grow and be a leader as a, as a salesperson when you're managing those family members, because sales is a, t is a tough environment. It really yeah. is like, and you want certain skills to be done. And again, you trust yourself the most and you know what you would do to make a deal go through. Right. And so I would want that to be done, but at the same time, I don't want to tell them what to do. And so it's just, it can get messy. Yeah, um, for sure. 
So I've, you know, I've hired several of my family members. Um, my uh, my wife's brother-in-law, and I can tell you, it's uh, it's always been a short-term thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, even like recently, you know, my sister is very talented. She's you know just had a had a child, and I was like, hey, why don't you um, you know take some of the discovery calls for my and we went through, she had like a million questions. And honestly, I was like, if this was another candidate right now, like we wouldn't be having, like, these are two like crazy questions. She was asking like, what's the PTO for like, I'm like, you're working two hours a day. There's no like PTO. There's none of that stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, and then, you know, she's like, she finally says, well, we're almost there. We're almost at the finish line. And she comes up with, I want to work on Monday at 9am and, and then 5pm. And right. I'm like, you know, I need you to, this is what you need. Yeah. yeah. This is what I need. And I, and, and, and I notice a lot of those conversations these days in the job force are like more about what the employee wants versus what they can offer me. Yeah. And I find that like when they lead with that, I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested in that person. It's like, yeah, it'd be a great stepping stone for my career. <laughs> you know, right. I was like, all right, well, that's good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard to find, I tell Danny who's here right now, he said, it's really hard to find talented young people these days. Are you experiencing the same thing with your company? I think that like we, we've been fortunate to find a couple really talented individuals that work with us. Um, sales wise, we've got, we've been, again, we've been fortunate to find good people that are good at sales. Um, we've gotten fortunate, we just hired a COO, a guy that's been in the management CO position for like 15 years in another business that sees potential in our business is like, I want to come and help this scale. And I'm yeah. like, that's good. And like that, like I almost feel like that was too good of a blessing, but at the same time, like just trying to roll with it and make sure that I don't squander that relationship as well. Yeah. I think that in this day and age, the mentality of work is so different than what I have. Like, I'm not afraid to work. I'm not afraid to put in time. And I feel like really the true reward to a successful career does take some sacrifices. And I feel like in this day and age, that's probably just not as, as cherished. It's not, a, that's not a, the same mentality. And it's not saying that the way that they think is wrong, like, right now there's a lot of really simple easy ways to make a ton of money like yeah. it's almost insane when you look at people making internet content and making millions of dollars like you watch sometimes you watch the dumbest youtube video and then it goes viral and then the next youtube you see of that dumb video they're like rolling in so much cash and you're just like wow like yeah the the path to significant wealth can be as simple or stupid as you want it to be so yeah i think with that knowing that that's the environment that we live in yeah it is it's super hard to get somebody that's motivated and inspired to, to do what we do yeah at a, at a good level so again that's where it's going to come back to leadership and making sure that the environment that you create is an environment that they want to be in. Yeah, for, and, and, and that's why I said to you know I've, the guy who got me into social media, uh, Ryan Pineda, it mentioned to me a long time ago, and I and I always knew this. I'm like, where where did you find all your great people? Mm -hmm. He said, my followers. 
Yeah. And I'm like, it's got to be somebody who believes in what I've got going on. Yeah. And it's got to be somebody who believes in me and has got to know me over the internet a long enough time. And it's like, yeah, that's how I met Danny. That's how I met a lot of the people who are starting to come in is we're just starting to throw out the word, hey, say the word job. And because yeah. I've done enough interviews, I in my career, I've interviewed probably well over a thousand people and hired you know, hundreds. And I could tell you that this is the single toughest job market. And it could be just because I'm in the Midwest and there's less people out here that are looking for jobs yeah. and that are coming here looking for jobs. But it definitely has been the toughest job market. Did you ever want to invest in real estate? Did you ever want to live the life of your dreams? Did you want financial freedom? Did you want to break the generational curse? Did you want to help your parents out? Did you want to help your mom out? Maybe you work for a job that you don't like. You know, they say there's only one reason to work a job and that's to learn, right? If you're not learning at your job, you're just going through the motions, right? We have a free Facebook group, the Millionaire Mentorship Facebook group for real estate investing. Make sure you join, the link is in the description. If you want to schedule a free call with me and my team and you actually want to start, I would suggest you do so. We have helped hundreds of people change their lives and all they had to do was get started. They booked a call with me and my team and they got the ball rolling. And I'm so confident that if you don't get your first or next investment property within the first 90 days, you don't pay and I'll give you a thousand dollars cash. That's how confident I am. Obviously you got to take action. You can't just do nothing and expect that to happen, but that's life. Life's all about taking action. Make sure you give this podcast a five-star review, share it with a friend and take action. Transitioning to like, um, you know, where your business is at now and where you personally are, what are you, what are some goals that you have like this year uh, to, to try to hit? We have goals all over the place. Um, personally, like Megan and I, we want to continue to grow our portfolio. Um, I was pretty adamant, like, trying to get to a hundred doors, but I also realized that scaling, um, better and not necessarily bigger is what I want. Uh, so 2024, like Megan and I agreed that we would not like do it so fast and recklessly, like mm -hmm. to be a little bit more calculated and meticulous about the quality of the product that we're turning yeah. out in terms of our own properties, um, and others, but like doing them being a little more, paced yeah. and, and having good processes in place for the acquisition of properties. Obviously, like having a family puts the acquisition of real estate in the forefront of my mind because I want to make sure that I'm doing something that's helping my family, not just now, but for generations to come. So like we want to scale the business uh, in terms of properties, but also like this first quarter, like we've taken the time to really button down like our processes for the wholesale business, our processes for the construction business, just making sure that everything is sharp and ready to go. Cause when things lift off, like I want to be prepared and have everything as polished and tight as I can so that the scale of growing can happen smoothly and inefficiently. Um, not that like what we were doing before was like super, um, reckless, but just like, you don't know, you're just chasing, you're just trying to go to, aggressive. you're just trying to go so hard. Yeah. You're like, Oh, this is what we'll do. And you're Same making thing. I went out here. It's hard to, it's hard when you buy a shitload of properties in a short period of time, then you've got a sh shitload of properties that you got to fix. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you get like last year, yeah. I think at one point we had 
like 11 properties that were vacant sitting and yeah. that okay so you we're don't down think to five i think right now you don't think that that's a big deal yeah but the amount of stress that was going on in my head about i'm afraid one of those is going to burn down from yeah. squatters or get damaged worse than it was when i bought it and yeah. make it less of a good deal yeah. than when i bought it so like the faster I get to the point where I buy it and start rehabbing it immediately, yeah, that's what we want. Like th that was the goal. It's like let's get all of the ones that were sitting done. Yeah, we can buy one. Like if we get a if we see a great deal come across in our own, like we've told our team, hey, we are first right of refusal. When a deal comes in, Megan and I get to look at it first and decide is this something that we want right or not as you should it's your yeah, business yeah. you should be looking at well it's great because it's like there's some good deals that come through and i it is like so hard sometimes to pass them up because i'm like you can I go know broke that's a good one. buying good deals you can, man. <laughs> yeah. but like i want to when those come across i'm like mm, let's give it a week let me see if i can get yeah. one cleared yeah and if i can then i'll buy this one yeah but at the same time like reminding myself hey grow better not bigger yeah the scale will come like getting eventually i'll have 100 houses yeah and then i'll look back and be like man that that was that happened fast. Like yeah. 50 happened fast. 50 happened damn fast. So like there is a way that you can do it. You can be more calculated about how fast you're doing this, making sure that things I'm I'm okay with people buying a couple at a time. Just have a plan. Like yeah. know know the plan and make sure that you also understand that when you buy a bunch of properties, chances are they're going to sit for a little bit. If that's a risk you're willing to take, then fine, but for us it was that was a stress point like and so this year it was just like let's pull that back and let's get these things done let's get them rented and grow a little bit slower yeah i think it's smart i think you mentioned when we talked on the phone like you're looking to pay down debt i think a lot of people out here on the internet right now and if you're listening make sure you give ryan a five-star review and share this podcast with someone who could use it someone who's looking to get started but too many people these days um you know, a lot of people, even people that I like and I follow and I've interviewed, they, they preach, you know, without using any of your own money or like they preach, you know, uh, raise money and do this and do that. The other thing, the reality is, is that, you know, the number one fear that most investors new and old are, they worry about losing their money. Yeah. And so they may say, oh, let's raise other people's money and we'll lose that. Well, that's not a good thing either because then you got a reputation. And right. so I think like you can be deliberate and you can be smart and you don't have to over leverage by buying properties right. Like, like what you've done and then you can pay your debt down. And then what you have is you have a fortress yep. versus like a bunch of properties that you, that the bank owns primarily that you have pressure on to pay their mortgage first, that you have extra insurance requirements for them because you're basically holding that property for them. And I think what most people don't understand is like, listen, debt is fantastic. It is great to use, but you better understand it. And yeah. you better understand like how much are you leveraging and what are you getting? And then would it be better to not be maxed out on everything? And would it be better to own a lot of property? Like, I know guys who own 330 properties and they're like, yeah, I own X number of properties and it's worth X number of dollars. But have you ever been through a financial downturn? I have, that's how I started my real estate journey. Mm -hmm. And when a financial downturn happens, 
and now you're trying to exit deals and they're not worth what they were before. Yeah. Who cares what you owe on it? Cause it ain't worth what you were trying to do for. And it may be cash flows, but what if it doesn't cash flow? What if you were pressing your luck a little bit? Yeah. And that's just, I think that that just shows ghost growth, go grow slow, grow consistently, but make yourself bulletproof. Right. That's the whole point of financial freedom. The whole point of financial freedom is not that you have a bunch of stress and that you get a bunch of banks that you owe money to and you have all this thing. It's like, okay, yeah, that's great. But how far am I trying to go? I got 50 houses. If I pay those 50 houses off, what have you guys looked at what that number looks like? Yep. What does it look like? Uh, the, the whole phrase slow is fast, fast is slow. Yeah. It's like my golf swing, <laughs> but that, it's true though. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, have you realized that like some, sometimes you have to also take into effect okay you could double your cash flow by paying properties off like and we were talking about this the other night like yeah. i know right now i've got four properties that are, have twenty thousand dollars left on the mortgage i could clear all four of those off mm -hmm. and double or triple my cash flow on those units yeah like that's an easy like okay am i growing bigger or better well that's a to me that's better Right. Because then when when the economic downturn comes, which everybody talks about, like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But guess who's going to be in a good spot if you're paying attention to those things now? Yeah. Like, don't wait till you're at the position I'm in where I've got 50 and then it's like, oh, hey, let's try to pay some of these off. If you think about that a little bit earlier in the game yeah, and not, and, you know, everybody's journey to wealth is different and you can make an argument of no leverage as tight as you can leverage and get as much as you can get i guess it all depends on what your comfortability with risk is you know me i have a lot of i've got a lot on the table that i don't want to put too much risk out there for so yeah i don't think anybody you know most people that you talk to that went belly up and i i should have been one of them in 2000 in eight based on how I bought and that, you know, I had every reason to lose everything I had. And that taught me the most important lesson, which is why would I ever buy a property that doesn't cash flow? And then obviously as I, and then I built like, you know, I looked at those little boxes and, and whether it's a little box, that's an ATM, whether it's a little box, that's a store, a pizza store that builds you money or does whatever, you know, all of these things, I know yourself personally and myself personally, we're thrifty, like, like, you finally bought yourself like your dream car, like what you easily could afford it. But like, I didn't buy my first new car. And I just thought about this the other day. I'm like, I'm never selling my Raptor. That is literally my first new car that I bought at 40 years old. Right. And so I think that a lot of people, they, especially on the internet these days, they don't delay their gratification. And they're like, oh, let me flex whatever I got. Even yeah. if like the Rolls Royce, this, that, that, the other thing is, when I look at people like that, what I see is somebody who wants massive attention, yep. probably has a product to sell, and it may not be authentic, and yep. they're just they're trying to lead from like the shiny things. Well, it's the different stages in life that cause that. Like, yeah, when you have a family and four kids, like, and a wife, yeah, and you go and you're like, hey, I want to buy a McLaren, <laughs> and she's gonna be I kind like, of do though. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've not not to say I haven't looked at. Uh, some really cool cars, but like you go to your wife and you're like, I'm going to buy this McLaren or I'm going to buy a Porsche or whatever. Like you have to make sure that like, yeah, well, let's make sure 
the rest of the house is in order. Let's make sure that we are in a good enough position that that doesn't affect anything that happens over here. Yeah. Now that's just me. Like uh, that's just my perspective. Right. And I, that's how I would, you know, make sure that people that if I'm educating, like I'm probably not a good fit for the guy that's like, I just want as much money as I can get. So I can go get the sports car. I'm probably not the right person to talk to then yeah. because I'm a little bit more conservative. I'm like wanting to make sure that my family is set up and then like that delaying that gratification for that. And then moment. Yeah. The moment that I'm like, they're set. And then I have all this extra or I've got these properties all paid off. And then I've got the ability to go and do elaborate vacations or cool cars. Like my, my dream car is a freaking Mustang. It's not an expensive car yeah. by any means, but it's special to me, Yeah, you know? And it's something that I dreamed about having. And look, I have a ton of fun with it and I don't even drive it. Like yeah. it sits in the garage a lot, yeah. Yeah. but like rainy days, I'm like, it's staying in the garage. Yeah. I'll drive the 04 yeah. F-150 that I have. Right. And, and so. there's and there's no reason to like add, you know, other than the uh, tax law that allows you to depreciate the vehicle by, you know, and they've just chopped that down to 80, I think it's section 179 or 279. I know Doug's out there somewhere, but, um, you know, I just think that different strokes for different folks, just like you said, but the main thing is every buying decision that I have, when I look at house for the first probably 200 houses was like, ooh, I want a new truck. Mm -hmm. That payment is $1,500 a month. Yeah. I'm gonna have to buy three houses. Yep, yep. That's I'm gonna buy three houses and then I get the truck. Yeah. The truck pays for, the, the three houses pay for the truck. And once the truck's paid off, I got more cash but coming before up. you can even have that thought you're like okay what do i need to get to make sure i've got food on the table the mortgage is paid and the bills are all paid. yeah like before you can even get to that yeah well, well I, I got to that so that's what yeah. i was trying to figure out like even this building right here like it's losing i don't even want to know what it's losing per month <laughs> but let's just put it like it's half of six figures we'll just sure. say and you know buying it i knew i was going to burn money yeah. for the first however long and I said, can I afford to do that? And I was like, yeah, I can afford to do that. It's a calculated risk. Yep. And you know, I, it's like, for me, it's growing, right? Like, just like you, like every pro you just bought your, for your office space, right? That I remember when we had that conversation, yep. that was a pretty big move for you. Now, looking back, you're talking about buying a cigar lounge now, right? Or <laughs> making your own, like what, what, are, what are, what's kind of on the agenda for you? I don't know. I go. My personality type is always like, I think of cool ideas and like, what could we give to the community that's good? And then I, I'll, those moments kind of pass. Like, yeah. it's just like, just focus on something that's for making sure that my family, I, like the idea of we want to spend a whole month away and not worry about anything. Like yeah. that's on Where do you guys want to go? really just want to go anywhere warmer than Missouri when it's winter. Because <laughs> when so, it's negative 17, I'm like, I don't care where. Yeah, and it's a but terrible time for it. frozen pipes, I'm finding oh out. Oh my gosh, yeah. We've had our fair share. Yeah, no, this was definitely my first, uh, first wake-up call on what I don't know about uh, the Midwest in terms of weather. Dude, yeah, like, it doesn't matter how much you know and how much you prepare. Like, we've... I've always like, if it's a property that's open to the studs, like I'm always like wrap the pipes and heat tape. 
thinking that'll keep them from busting or put foam around them. Well, when it's negative 17, it doesn't matter what you do. Like those pipes are gonna freeze. And then you're like, oh, just use PEX because it expands and the ice, it won't break. Well, that's all good and fine, but guess what? The shutoff valves, they break. Yeah. <laughs> so it's oh. like, it's nothing is bulletproof. You just have to be like, expect those things to come up. And again, if you put yourself in a good position, like those kind of accidents aren't gonna be like- They're not gonna break. They're the not gonna hurt, yeah. They're not gonna hurt nearly as bad. Like yeah. you can weather some storms. Yeah. There's one, something that you mentioned before and I thought it was interesting just, you know, you mentioned Max Maxwell. He's been this guy who's taught a lot of people how to wholesale. And then he just disappeared, moved to like uh, wherever the hell he is at right now. Um, some other country, United Emirates and doing something completely different. Mm -hmm. Like people like just kind of go a different direction. What's happened with that guy? Well, I don't know. Uh... But I think that that's kind of like you get to a point where you've accomplished what you set out to accomplish. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, it's time to do something that I want to do now. Yeah. You try other stuff. You've got, yeah, you did what you got, you did what you needed to do. You, you reached the level of, of success that you wanted to reach. You put yourself in the financial position that you can now like dream big. Like, do I want to wholesale houses forever? No. Do I want to talk about real estate forever? No, I'm enjoying it right now. Yeah. But like when I'm, you know, 55, 60 years old and generations of family is leaving uh, and my kids are growing up and I'm starting to be a grandpa, do I want to, do I value all the same things I do now? No, probably not. Like, I think maybe, I mean, maybe. Where do you, where, where does that look like? What does, what does grandpa Haywood look like? Does, is that like the guy who's like, making moves in St. Joe? Is he still living in St. Joe? Has he made such an impact that he's a fixture of St. Joe? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't particularly value, I value politics in the sense of what it can provide. I don't necessarily think it's doing a great job. Um, I don't know that that my future holds any anything like that like fine if i can contribute to saint joe being a better place for my future generations that's what i would care about most yeah. like if and yeah I, home is home like i've grown up there but that doesn't mean i'm gonna stay there forever like yeah. will i have properties there will my home probably yeah as long as i'm you know here i want to be where, where home is where my family is right and i enjoy like i do enjoy the four seasons i just don't enjoy negative 17 degrees so you enjoy three of the four <laughs> yeah i mean even winter to an extent but like yeah all my friendships everything that i've got established there is something that i value but the world is a big place and i do want to experience that kind of stuff but i also want want my kids to experience that and yeah I don't know what Grandpa Haywood looks like, but <laughs> I hope he's cool. And yeah. I hope that I am able to provide value to them, you know, and maybe who knows what the future holds for them. I don't know. We'll yeah. see when we get there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, you're, you, you're closer than me. <laughs> that's true. Well, yeah. I mean, our kids are the same age. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But in age, I am probably closer <laughs> than you. 
<laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, just you know, looking back and seeing everything that you've accomplished in such a port, short period of time, and that's what I think people need to really if you're listening right now, understand that like you can make a massive amount of action change for yourself very quickly. Yeah. That's what you've done. And then you can slow down and say, you know what? Now I want to go and enjoy all these cool things. Yeah. I want to go live in Florida. I want to go spend another a month here and a month there. Personally, myself, I see myself living in Mexico in the next 10 years. Yeah. I see myself living in another country or doing something else. But one thing I thought is interesting, you've seen several families, my family, Doug, who I heard his shoes, now become like one of your best friends. Mm -hmm. yep. You've seen his family now move out to Missouri. You're saying, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you, th do you see a lot more people coming to Missouri? I mean, a lot of people invest in Missouri uh, because what you can, the costs that, I mean, cost association uh, to being here, things aren't as expensive as they are everywhere else. If you have a, a means of making money, like good money from something that's not a Midwestern job, then I think that the Midwest is a great place to be because cost of living is relatively cheap. Um, and I have like, we've seen a ton of people move out here since we've started doing this. And I don't know, I don't know if that's real estate related. I don't know if that's politically encouraged. I don't know what it is. It can't be the weather, but yeah. like, I think that people start to realize, hey, it's it's not a bad place to go. It's not as beautiful as the coasts, but you know we enjoy it. And maybe it's real estate. I know that people that we know that have moved out here have moved out here because of real estate, um, and I think that's cool. Like, yeah, I don't know if I moved out here for real estate specifically, but it had a large part of what to do with. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you what: when you look at like, oh, in Vegas. And just for somebody who might be considering relocating, I think that number one, when I moved from Seattle to Vegas, it was not well thought out. It was just like, if I don't ever move here, I'm 28 now, I'm probably never going to leave. Right. And so I did that. It was the best thing I ever did for my business career. And then looking at Kansas City, having invested so much money here, I felt like, well, they have buildings downtown that I could possibly buy. Mm -hmm. I can't do this in Vegas. Like, yeah. it, it just, I'm priced out of the market. I'm competing with billion dollar, trillion dollar companies, you yeah. know, all these hedge funds and stuff like that. And it's a possibility for me to do that here. So if I put myself in this city, then I'm probably going to be able to accomplish a lot of my dreams and, you know, change is good. And so I'll be able to do a lot of those things. And my personal thing for people who are like thinking about making a change and moving somewhere else, for me, the things that I did not count on about the Midwest is how welcoming people are. They talk about the, they talk about the South and I own properties, as you know, in Mississippi, a lot yep. of them and um, Southern hospitality. But there's, there's actually, the Midwest people seem to be nicer, oh, yeah. more welcoming, friendly. Um, there's a lot of uh, gun rights here. Um, there's, you don't need a contractor's license in a lot of uh, counties and states. And there's another thing, I'm gonna probably be able to pick up hunting out here because there's yeah. deer galore. Yeah. And you know, the weather, I don't think is bad. You got, like you said, you got four seasons. Yeah. It, sure, it gets cold, but I can tell you what, it's not that nice in Vegas 
you know, from December to March, yeah. you got lots of wind, just like we do here, yeah. and it's blowing cold. And and then when you get to July and August, it's hotter than hell. And the biggest thing here is that you got, it's a great place to raise a family because oh, sure. we're on 11 acres, even though my wife's still checking on the kids every five minutes to make sure that like no kidnapper came around and done whatever, <laughs> yeah. but like it's like it's Mayberry, like where yeah. I live is Mayberry. And so it's, it's, it's really cool. And that's something that we, we weren't counting on. Plus, listen, we get a, go get a cow. We can go buy milk. We, all yeah. these things, like you have a chicken coop. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about that. Yeah. I think uh, raising chickens is really fun. First off, they're dinosaurs. Uh, so my kids love them. Because they're just little dinosaurs with feathers. Yeah. And But then they lay eggs. And then you can eat the eggs. How many chickens do you have? We have seven. So we get about half a dozen eggs every day. Every day. Yeah. So Are you eating all those fun. eggs? Uh, you know, Are you getting sick of eggs? I don't, I don't actually like eggs that much. It's like once every other week I'll have some eggs, you know, uh -huh. for breakfast or whatever. Uh, but it's like, it's just another thing that like the kids like to do. They like to raise them. They like to feed them. They like to, that getting the eggs is really fun. Yeah. Uh, and having a piece of land big enough that like I can have a coop that I don't feel bad having chickens in yeah like they can roam around freely yeah. they have they they seem like they're happy uh, <laughs> you talk to them you know you start to learn how to talk to a chicken and <laughs> they are very odd animals but they are fun yeah. and it's just one of those things it's like it's a hobby it's fun and i'm glad that the kids enjoy it so yeah and you get your uh meat from uh, where do you get your meat yeah, we go to butcher shops, local butcher shops. Um, we did buy, we ha have bought a cow uh, in the past because we like to find the quality of meat. I will say that like having the luxuries of real estate has enabled the luxuries of good food. Yeah. And that to me is important. Like yes. getting good clean food, but then like being picky about what steak I want and like what what kind of meat do I want like yeah. I know it's silly but it's like dude I just that's some if I could if I could say what do I overindulge in it's it's in food for yeah, sure 100% quality food yeah it's it's true just kind of wrap some things up with 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 so many crazy things going on right now like we don't really have any privacy anymore we know our phones are listening to us you're raising You've got a fourth child on the way right now. Like how, as a father, what, what, what are your concerns for your children growing up in this fast paced environment and the political climate that is currently being laid down um, for your children? You know, I, to answer that question, I asked my dad, like, what are your thoughts on like raising kids? And he's like, dude, it is much scarier right now. Cause like, you don't know when you're a kid, you don't know the world is scary. No. You know, it's not until you become an adult and you are responsible for making sh decisions for other people where it's like, oh gosh, this is kind of like out of out of our scope of comfort or out of our knowledge base on how to even approach these kinds of things. And it's not exactly comfortable, um, but I have kind of a general rule of thumb and that's just raise, my family the best way that I can and I can't pay attention to what's happening around the world you you'll just if you do you're just gonna be stressed yeah. to death I mean uh, I do believe that 
you know, a lot of stuff that's out there is, you know, it's may not be actually intended to scare you, but like, it's not intended to like make you feel safe. You know, yeah. it's like, it's stuff that's like, man, this, this is scary. How do we have this conversation with a eight year old? You know, like we were not prepared for any of that. Like yeah. that's not stuff that we grew up with. It's not stuff that our parents grew up with. This is all really new and all stuff that as a parent of young kids and as a as a father who's getting ready to bring number four into the world like i have no clue like how we got where we are what the future looks like but i know how i'm gonna do my best to set my kids up and my family up in a good position that that's all i can really do i just focus on giving them the best that i can give them and seeing yeah. what happens we don't know all right so couple couple final questions uh number one who's your favorite nfl team um i tend to favor the green bay packers are you uh so who are you voting for for the super bowl now that green bay uh unfortunately was eliminated i was hoping for them to win yeah so this is always a fun question everybody asks me who's your second team um and everybody gets upset when i answer this question but um when the Packers are eliminated, uh, that my off season begins. So I generally don't even watch it. Like, okay, I, if the Chiefs make it, then I'm like, yeah, that's cool because it's like it's where we are. That's exciting. But uh, yeah, when when my team is out, like I take that time to be like I start training camp. I start the off season myself as a fan. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that's it. Like that's if, they're, it. if they're out, they're you're, out. you're out. out. Yeah. Okay, I understand that. Yeah, I did notice that when we went to the Chiefs game, you were kind of out. You're like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. It's, it's, no you, it just, it just, you know what? I was telling my wife, um, I was like, hey, we're, if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, it's in Vegas. You know, I'm willing to spend X number of dollars. I won't tell you what it is just because <laughs> it's a little obscene. But I'm like, I'm willing to spend this. And I hit my buddy up, John, who's been a business partner. I'm like, are you willing to spend X number of dollars? And he's like, yeah, I'm willing to spend that. So I told my wife and she's like, well, I'm like, and then Conrad's like, can I come? I'm like, I'm not willing to spend X number of, <laughs> X number of dollars with you. So on yeah so just just with that sort of thing there's a lot of things that i want to do and stuff like that i think i've been to enough football games i've been to all that crap uh is there any bu bucket list items that you're trying to check off this year hmm no not really like we want our bucket list items is getting some properties paid off and like growing the net worth like stuff like that but nothing like Nothing insanely exciting. Yeah, you're kind of. We kind of have a baby on the way. So. You're grounded. I was gonna say you, you you've grounded yourself each like a, a year. Like you keep grounding yourself. Yeah. For every three years, you're grounding yourself. You're like, okay, I'm gonna take this time off because now you just gotta. I mean, whatever you want to do, if it was travel, you're not gonna be doing any traveling. No, like we we did a lot of traveling last year, and then we hit a stretch where we like we lost some family members and like just to me i was like i think i just want to be home and yeah. like just be around my family be around my kids because like this this year was just particularly hard we lost two grandfathers so it was like i just want to be at home like how did that how did that hit you personally like you know i don't um, have any grandpas i haven't had them in a long time but yeah it's really weird like uh we actually 
like my grandpa who passed away back in December on the 15th, uh, he and I were pretty close. Like he was very, he, he loved to talk about my podcast and he was telling other people about the podcast. He was very involved in my life, like as a, a cornerstone for me. Uh, so that one, and it wasn't an expected thing. Like it wasn't like he was, well, it could be, you know, we're expecting him not to make it past. We didn't know. Like it was just very abrupt, very sudden. So he wasn't sick. No. Yeah. So it, it was, it was, uh, that was hard. Um, but also like there was so much happening with business and with the holidays that my body my my body was processing the grief but my mind wasn't yeah like i just dealing i'm dealing with some injuries and like some of that could be stress related like lack of sleep like so many different things are happening to your body and you're not really sure why cuz it's like am i stressed about anything i don't feel like i'm, I'm not worried about anything yeah but like that's all grief like it's all stuff that you have to process and it's it's weird and it sucks but like you know life yeah I, i've noticed that too like i'm more in touch with my emotions as an older human being than yeah. i was as a younger guy yeah. like i just didn't want to deal with them and now like i'll watch a movie and i'll be like that really hit me or something I'm like what the hell's going on i cried in frozen too so so let's just kind of wrap it up like let's give like the ryan haywood like I guess, motivational speech for people who are at the end of this podcast and they're like, okay, cool. I enjoyed Ryan's story and I got to know who he is. Number one, let's, let's, let's get a couple things going. One, if they want to buy a property in St. Joe, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. Reach out to us, get on our website, heritagehomeinvestments.com. Okay. You can hit, hit me up on Instagram, either heritage home investments or my personal page, either way. Um, we're happy to help you walk through that process from top to bottom and if i'm in california and i'm in one of these other states what kind of what kind of deal can i get from heritage home investments um we usually our target is for an investor to be all in at 70 percent of loan to value so or arv okay so when we send out properties our target between purchase and renovation when you're done we we want you to have immediately 30 percent equity in the deal Nice. So that's the kind of deals that we send out. Um, typically, we're we're usually right on the money when it comes to that. So if you're looking for an immediate thirty percent equity on a, and do you guys help with property management and stuff like yeah, that, we connect everybody that you need for the whole process. Right. Just to kind of wrap things up, if people are listening right now and they're unsure of themselves, they don't have the belief in themselves, but they know they're not happy and they're waiting for that pain to get great enough what sort of words of encouragement that you could offer them or advice? I think that, I don't know if I have a, a great word of encouragement. I think that it's gonna have to get to a point where you just have had enough, right? Like you have to really want it. Uh, but I think once you get to that point of that, I really want it, you're gonna be better off. So yeah. Um, I would just say, if you're not ready, then wait till you're ready. Uh, but if you are, then if it's just simply like there's going to be doubts there's going to be struggles you're going to have issues you're going to have broken water pipes yeah like it's not like it's a cakewalk yeah but it's so rewarding like and there's so many positive possibilities with real estate and in four years what i've been able to accomplish i'm like if anybody can do this if i can do this anybody can do this that's and, that's why i said it. Like, yeah. yeah yeah i would say man for those people who are 
looking for something to get get to a place of comfort financially real estate's the game um, find somebody that can help you through it like i was blessed like i got the the ability to have troy kearns in my Appreciate ear that. and uh i would say if anything find someone that you trust that you feel comfortable with that's yeah. a good fit for you and you know hook up with them and see you know what your future can be but i, th I think it's the possibilities are great and in four years from now, if you get started in real estate, four years from now, you're not going to be disappointed at all. You'll be excited about what's what's. Yeah, there. 100%. I couldn't agree with that more. It's the most predictable way for you to change your financial future, even if you don't go all in and buy 50 properties. Like, yeah. Just buying a few is going to change your freaking life, yep. especially if you stick with it. So appreciate you coming on the podcast. This is a, a great way for me to pay tribute to just the amount of things that you have accomplished if you guys want to, we'll, we'll try to link to the original podcast which yeah. you saw it in vegas i mean your growth has been monumental and, and ryan is somebody who's going to be inspiring a lot of people so i appreciate you coming on i appreciate you sharing your story and we'll check you on the next one see you so I wanted to interrupt you in this podcast and just take a quick moment to tell you two things. Number one, we do this for free for you. I haven't made a nickel on social media at all. I'm doing this to provide you enough value. So all I'm asking for you to do is share it and give us a five-star review. It'll totally help us out and I really appreciate it. The other thing, if you want more free resources like our free Facebook group, it's Millionaire Mentorship Real Estate Investing on Facebook, all you gotta do is join it, it's free, it doesn't cost anything, and there's lots of resources there, and we'll definitely give you those for free, no charge. Here's the other thing, if you're serious about investing in real estate and you're ready to take action, I have a program, no matter where you're at in your real estate journey, I can help you out. I don't care if you've got five houses, 10 houses, no houses, 100 houses, I've got something that I can share with you that's going to make you a lot of money. And if you want to become financially free and you're brand new to real estate investing, this is the absolute thing you want to do. And here's the thing. What I've learned from most of my students right now is that it's not just an investing program. It's a mindset program. We're going to change the way you think about money. If you want to start investing, make sure you schedule a call with me and my team and let's get the ball rolling. Guess what else? If you are like, man, I don't got the time and I make tons of money. I just enjoy listening to what you're going to say. That's cool too. We actually have set up a fund where you can invest with us, but you got to be an accredited investor. If you want to find out what that looks like, all you got to do is click the link in my bio, fill out the form. It takes you about two seconds and then we'll let you know about the deals that we're doing. We're doing big deals in Kansas City. And this year, I think we'll do two huge deals in Kansas City. I'm looking at a few right now and I want you to be a part of it. And if you've got more money than time, then that's what you should do. If you've got more time than money, then schedule a call with me and my team and we'll get you into our coaching program so that you can have more money than time.